welcome to our series on contentment, what God has to say about contentment. Great to see you guys all here at church on a beautiful summer day in Maine. You must want to be here, be in church on, on a beautiful Sunday and in Maine. Would you pull out in your bulletin are some sermon notes, and there's scriptures on there that are going to help you to, to follow along, and I hope that you'll pull that out and uh, follow. And at the very top is the, the chief scripture from this particular series, and we're trying to follow God's directions for our lives, and he tells us in 1 Timothy that true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. God's wealth is that lifestyle of participating with him, building his kingdom in the earth, and enjoying his amazing grace. The same thing you're going to enjoy for eternity. What is going to impress you in eternity is not the gold on the streets, it's the joy, it's the presence of God, the grace of God, and those things are completely available here today in, in this life. And God, this is the life that God calls us to, to, to live a, a content life. Contentment is a massive part of a transformed life. If you've been a part of Life Church for any time, you hear that word every week because that's our vision. If you join Life Church, the sign on the front of the bus is a transformed life. That's where we're going. We believe God has given us a vision to have see 2,200 transformed lives. And a transformed life is somebody who's fully embraced all that Christ has for them and is enjoying, enjoying His grace, living for His purposes today. And contentment is a huge part of that. You know, I wish every Sunday, I wish I had the opportunity to explain because there's a process here, a plan to see lives transformed. We've watched it work for 20 years, and I wish every week I, gotta, I get to explain that plan, but there really only is one time on our calendar that I really get to explain that whole plan. It's at what we call our GROW sessions, and that the next one is coming up uh, the first weekend in August, and many of you here, you've, you've never attended that session before, the GROW sessions. Is that 10 o'clock right over here in the conference room? And if you've never attended that, I'm going to ask you to sign up. Why don't you pull your connection card? Pam's talked about this. Would you be willing to pull this out? I'm really patient. I'll, I'll just pull this out. And on the back is a place to sign up at the end of the service. Uh, you can drop this in. But if you've never attended those growth sessions, or like many of you, you attended it two years ago and you kind of forgot what the plan was. Well, jump in there again. I really, because again, there is a plan. There is a path. There is some simple, clear steps that I think that God wants us all to take. You know, another thing I've discovered about a content person is content people are the people who find time for relationships. They're no longer just running so hard, chasing some dream that they can't dial themselves back enough to make time for relationships. The primary way that we facilitate those, you know, making relationships here at Life Church is what we call life groups. We just get together in smaller groups, you know, three, four, five, six, twelve probably at the most, and, and just get to know each other. And there's an amazing thing. When, we, when you get together with God's people, whether or not you have the perfect Bible study, you know that if several of the most successful life, church, uh, life groups at Life Church aren't even Bible studies. Uh, we're not saying that it's wrong to study the Bible, but that's something you could potentially do on your own. But just getting together. Some groups just eat together. But when you eat together and just talk and get to know each other, pray for each other, God just does amazing things. And some go for bike rides. And so the reason I'm mentioning that is because I need help. I really do. I've, we've proven this for years, that the people who help, quite honestly, to, to help and connect relationally, the people of Life Church are life group leaders. 
And I've also learned that nobody feels qualified to be a life group leader. Because like, well, I can't preach. I can't explain the Bible. What if somebody, let me ask you a funny question. Can you eat? This is not a trick. Can you eat? It's that you are qualified to be a life group leader. You really are. And I want to encourage you, if you would even consider, if you, if you enjoy getting people, gathering people and just having relationships, that's what life groups are. And if you enjoy that, you are a lot more qualified than you think. Help me out. Would you be willing? We're, they're going to start back up in September. Again, we really, now we do have a life group going on Wednesday nights, this Wednesday at the Lamont's house. I hope that you can come out there, but they really kick off in September. And when they do, I would love to have your help. If you would even consider helping, if you'll just do this, go to the, the website, lifechurch.fm, under the connect tab or the, or the groups, and there's just a place there for, uh, for you to sign up as, as, a, as a leader or just to consider. And again, you get to decide what your group does. There's, there's things that you enjoy that probably there's other people that would enjoy and just build a group around your own uh, interest and, and get your friends together. And again, God shows up. So I hope that you'll consider doing that and help us lead uh, life groups. Now let's continue reading the scripture in 1 Timothy 6 at the top of your notes again. Godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. That's the wealth that we want, God's description of it. Verse 7, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. Did you notice by chance that baby when it came out? Uh, did it have his wallet with him? <laughs> no, that's how we came in, and that's how we're going out. Too. That birthday suit serves us well. We go out with it. We, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Interestingly enough, when God talks about contentment, he always talks about our dying day. We'll come back to that later in the service, but it's interesting. He goes there to our, our day, the day that we leave this planet, verse 8. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Will you say that word again? Say content. He wants us to be content. He wants to find joy where we are. But people who long to be rich... Let me stop right there. Who are these evil people who long to be rich? You ever met one of these people? Oh, man. They're the bad people, right? Well, if you've been with us throughout this series, we've discovered a pretty simple thing. According to Jesus, all of us were born with that, in, that seed on the inside of us. All of us. This is just human nature. He's not talking about the bad people here. He's talking about the entire human race. Now, not everybody chases the fantasy, but... It's in us. The seed is in every one of us. So all of us have this desire. All, but those who long to be rich, but if you, if you submit to that and just chase that and let that be your, what you chase, you're going to end up falling into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge, plunge them into ruin and destruction. We've all seen homes and marriages and, and children and relationships just destroyed, literally destroyed, by just not putting first things first. Once you're chasing money, the funny thing happens, verse 10, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I, I just think I remember a time in my life before I really you know, learned to live a content lifestyle and kind of dialed myself back and just I'm gonna be content with what God has given me. I can remember having a lot of sorrows and it was confusing to me because I'm like, well, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. I mean, why am I still, why do I still have so many sorrows? And there are some sorrows that are never going to be erased until you find 
the contentment that God has. And I, I think, generally speaking, we understand, you know, contentment concerning other areas of our life. We understand, you know, the old adage, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. We, we understand that, okay, that's not true, you know, in marriage and and I, you know, I have to be happy with what God has brought me. We get it. The grass is greener where you'll water it, right? We get that. We understand that, you know, concerning marriage and concerning our work. I can't always be, you know, dreaming about the another family, another job, a different church. I've got to water the grass. Right? I mean, I, we get that. But somehow it's hard to apply that same exact thing to our finances. We think, well, that's different. And, and it isn't. Contentment is finding the joy of God where you are. You know, when we watch this video, here, here's what's completely normal. What's completely normal is to watch that and say, oh, well, of course she can be content. She's a doctor. If I was making that kind of money, I could be generous too. By the way, contentment and generosity are linked together. You can't really separate them. Content people are generous people. Well, I could, I could be content. I could live a content life. I could dial it back and, and be content and be generous. If I, but I can't do that because I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not making the kind of money she is, so I can't do that. You know, the exact same thing would be true if that video were some guy in Africa living in a mud hut earning $3 a week and he's giving a dollar away. We would say the exact same thing. It's easy for him. Easy for him to be generous. I mean, he's got no bills. What is the point? The point is what is human nature is to always believe this lie that it's easy for somebody else. That wherever, that the hard spot is where I'm at. That's where it's tough. If I were here, or if I were here, or if I were here, if I, if I were just a little bit ahead, well, it would be easy then. Gang, that's what the Bible calls a deception. No, no, no. By the way, one of the surest signs of true faith, real faith, is you quit envying other people. By the way, when you listen to the doctor, you don't envy her or her lifestyle. Do you? Do you? You sit there and you think, oh, man, if I could only have her. Oh, I wish I were, had that job. I wish I were her. Gang, that is not healthy. That's not real faith. See, I, I think if we read the Bible correctly, God made you. He made you you. And, and real faith wants to live the life that God has given me. See, I, I have this funny feeling that when I stand before God, he's going to want to know about Brian, not not some other person that I dream about, I want to live the life he's called me to. I want to, I want to, you know what God is looking for? He's looking for a witness. He's looking for a testimony in the earth. And he intentionally puts people in all different places. And here's the testimony he's looking for. He's looking for this testimony. It's good down here. Wherever he puts you, he's going to intentionally put you in a spot. He's going to put you around people who don't have faith in Christ. And here's what he's looking for. He wants you to gather up, and that's why we pray for one. God, send me one person. The people that you work with, the same people who think, ah, it stinks here. It's so awful here. He wants you to gather those people up and say, do you know what? It's awesome right here. I found where the good stuff is. You're never going to believe it. God's hidden the good stuff right here, right where we are. 
That is faith. And that's the life of finding. That's what contentment is. Quit smoking that pipe, believing that lie that it's out there or it's down here. It's, it's where you are. It's right where you are. It's exactly where you are, even financially. It's where you are. And we have to just follow that. I've, I've learned an interesting thing that, well, first of all, let me say this. There's really only three things that every human being does with money. You're either going to spend it, you're going to save it, or you're going to give it away. Those, those are the only three things you can do. And you're going to live in one path or another. And according to Jesus, we were all born on one trajectory. And, and it's this, one, two, three. We were born thinking of ourselves, concerned about ourselves. You know, our just mortal nature keeps us concerned about ourselves. So we've been illustrating that with the dog paddle. Picture everybody on the ocean. You know, we're just kind of paddling to keep ourselves up. We're just concerned for number one. That's what we're born with, right? Um, and then we're going to save. And then we give. And by the way, did you know that every human being gives? Everybody does. To some measure. I mean, a need. That's why everybody feels like a giver. We all remember that time we did that big thing, you know, when the need came up at school and this family was in need. We, we all remember, we remember that big thing we did and, well, that's me. But according to God, there, real generosity has a plan, has a plan where it's consistent. Hopefully you don't, you know, in your home, hopefully you don't wait for your wife to show you pictures of your children's toes popping through their shoes and say, uh, honey, uh, he needs shoes. You're like, oh, all right, here's 50 bucks. Use it wisely. Now, we, that, hopefully that isn't your plan, right? It's, it's a little bit better plan than that. Now, Jesus came living a completely different direction. Jesus came with his heart to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. His number one concern was the needs of this world. He came giving. And this is the life he calls us to where our number one desire, the, the first thing on our heart, the first thing on our heart is God, I want to build your house in the world. I want to do your work. That's my, and I have this, this amazing confidence that if I'll put your work first, you will take care of me. You will take care of me. God wants us to live this way, where this is where our heart and mind lives, number one, to, just to give. I want to be a giver. I want to be a servant. Then we're going to save. Then we're going to spend. Now, by the way, um, here's the funny thing. No matter which way you go, uh, if you live this direction or this direction, the people who live this direction think these people are crazy. They do. And, and if, you, if, if people who've never discovered true generosity, when they find out, if, if you're one of those people who give a, a percent of your income to God's work in the world, you ever, you ever had that conversation where people find that out? They think, man, you drank the Kool-Aid, man. You're crazy. Man, you, be, you, you believed, you swallowed it, man. That preacher threw it out and you swallowed it. Hook, line, and sinker, man. You're crazy. You know, I've discovered another thing. By the way, we have a financial class in our when life group start up in September. Um, and it's a great class. I mean, the purpose of this particular sermon series isn't to, you know, help you iron out all your finances, but that class will do it. I mean, they're going to help you learn how to do it God's way and get out of debt and live right. But the guys who teach that class, now they're, they're never going to say this. They're going to smile and be, oh, they're going to be so polite. But I've talked to them. And if you're living this way where, where you're spending and you're ending up with debt in your life, do you know the truth? They think you're crazy. They do. They're going to be nice. They're not going to say that out loud. But in the back of their head, they're like, you're crazy, man. They both think the other person is crazy because these are so, po- they're, they're so polar opposite. It, is, it isn't like these are just, you know, one step away. 
it's a completely different worldview. It's a completely different way of looking at the world. And you're going to be one crazy or another. It, you just have to decide which one am I going to be. You, you're going to take God's word for it and live his way? And I think that's what we want. Hopefully, that's what we want. Now, by the way, how could I tell? Because, by the way, almost every human being will tell you, oh, that's my heart, Pastor Brian. I, I, I live to give, man. I, I want to help. I'm, th- that's me. I've, I've, I've reversed, the, reversed the curse, and I'm living this way. Could you tell? Because everybody will say that. I mean, does anybody look in the mirror and say, you're a greedy slob? <laughs> Maybe a couple people, but, but by and large, we don't do that. Again, we remember the times that we did something. We're like, nobody thinks that way. Okay, so how could you tell? Well, an interesting little thing shows up. When you're living this way, a thing called debt ends up showing up. It's the universal symbol. It's the universal red light flashing in your face. Hello, warning, warning, warning. Uh, Because regardless of what you make, if you were born and just, you know, born as as a human, just just thinking about yourself, no matter how much you make, you're going to constantly be aware of your own needs and what you want, and there's always going to be something else, and you're always going to end up spending a little bit more. Debt will show up. You're going to end up with payments, payments on things that wear out and you throw away. I mean, for some of you, that's the first time you ever heard it's possible to not do that. Yeah, yeah, you can reverse that and drive cars. You're no longer paying for them. It's, it's possible. Look at you, under number three, interesting quote. And this is a quote by Harvey Weinstein. He's actually a millionaire movie producer. He's not even a Christian. Listen to his quote. Debt can be the most addicting thing in the universe. It can kill you. You get used to living high off the hog. It was intoxicating. Now, how in the world does a millionaire movie producer live in debt? I mean, we think the doctor was... Man, it's easy for her to, you know, dial it back. Well, for this guy, she, it's utterly irrelevant, your income level. That is not the point. This is a spiritual issue. Contentment is a spiritual issue. It gets planted in your soul by the grace of Jesus Christ. You discover that God is here and now, and he's, he's blessed you. He, he's blessed you, and you start looking around, and you realize that what is in your face, the, that wife that's in your face, that those children, oh, these kids here, right, right, my own kids, they're awesome, how long have these kids been here? They're cool. Where'd these guys come from? <laughs> and you, you just, just it's, a, it's a different world, but it gets planted. It's a spiritual issue. It gets planted by Christ. And you have to have a different set of glasses on to see it. Harvey was able to overspend with millions. It, it's not. No matter how much comes in, your own soul will always tell you that there's just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Again, God wants us to reverse that, flip that around. Let me read you a, just a quick story. A airplane pilot, every time he flew over this one spot, uh, I think it was the, in the Adirondack, Adirondack Mountains, one, you know what I'm talking about. Those mountains with that long name. Every time he flew over, he looked down and he just would crane his neck trying to you know, see this one spot. And finally, the, the co-pilot asked him, he says, what in the world? Why do you, what are you trying to find down in that spot? And the pilot says, you know what? I grew up right around here. And you see that stream right down there? I grew up fishing on that stream. I fished a lot as a kid. 
And every time I was fishing, I kind of, I, I already knew that I wanted to be a pilot. And every time I saw an airplane fly over, which was pretty often, I'd see an airplane and I would look up and I would go, oh, man, I want to be a pilot. I so wished I was up in that airplane. I'm like, oh man, that's what the good stuff, I, I wish I were in that airplane. And he says, you know what? Now I'm in that airplane and I wish I were down there fishing. <laughs> I so wish. And again, you know, we get that concerning, you know, our careers and all, but we kind of understand, but gang, it's, it's true financially as well. God intentionally will put you in a spot. And when we watch the video again, we say, okay, well, again, she can do that. She can earn like a doctor and live like a nurse. But Pastor Brian, here's the problem. I am a nurse. So it's impossible for me. I'm already there. I'm already stuck. Gang, that's not true. It's not true. I guess if you're a nurse, you get to earn like a nurse and live like a nurse's aide. Now we're like, oh, come on. There can't be any joy there. Really? I know some nurse's aides. One of, the, one of my best friends is a nurse's aide, and it's a guy, and he is one shockingly happy camper. Uh, just an amazingly successful individual. I mean, he's, anyways, some of you might say, well, I am a nurse's aide. <laughs> Holy cow, Pastor, let's keep going down here. How, how, how can I do this? Well, let's, let's stick within the medical field and let's just keep going down, all right? All right, you're a nurse's aide, so in the medical field, below a nurse's aide would be a patient. <laughs> Pastor Brian, you get to live like a patient. You get to live like that person who's in desperate need. You're hurting. Now somebody's thinking, oh, man, right now, Pastor Brian, I am a patient. Let's stick in the medical field and keep going down. Now, we started, remember in verse 8, you, you, you brought nothing with us when you came into the world. You can't take anything when you leave it. When you're a patient and you go down, generally you go out, right? It's down and out from that spot. Now, you know, joking a little bit, laughing a little bit. But gang, this is the testimony that God is looking for. Absolutely, God wants you to be able to, at least in your mind, go there. Because it's coming. There's only one way out of this planet. Did you know that? The mortality rate still hovers really close to 100%. Really is. Uh, that thing has never been broken. What's the point? Go there in your own mind and even there be able to say, God, you are faithful. That's the testimony God is looking for. Wherever he puts you, God, you're faithful right here. God, you're good right here. You're bigger than my pain right here. The thing that we fear the most you're going to find out he's faithful right there. And here's the thing. If you can find that testimony there at the very bottom on your deathbed, find that testimony of God. Wow, you're good even here. You're bigger than my pain even here. From that, that's called contentment. And from that spot, then God can promote and God can add things to you that no longer are your God. I don't know if you know this, but according to the word of God, money actually makes a very good servant. It really does. It's an excellent servant. You just send it on errands and it gets things done. Money is an awesome servant. It's a wicked master. It's a wicked master. And according to Jesus, we were all born with it as our master. That's that we were born that way. Money's the God in this world. Jesus says, I have no problem with money, he said. Don't let it be your master. So how, what was his remedy to get out of that? Well, both Old Testament and New, 
It's called percentage giving. Percent. You decide on a percent. When one thing is a percent of another thing, now in the Old Testament, under the law, he dictated. It was a 10%. Now you study the New Testament and you really don't see that throughout the New Testament. Why? Well, did you catch the nurse? What, the nurse, the doctor. What she said, she said she's at a spot where she's giving three quarters of the way. That's a percent. What is three, three quarters is what percent? That's 75%. That's why he doesn't dictate. And here's another fact. It's entirely possible that you just, man, you met Jesus a month ago. You just backed your bus up into the kingdom and you're a financial train wreck. I mean, you owe everybody. You couldn't give much without stealing from somebody else. It's, it's possible that you come in and, and, and generosity is represented at a percent way below 10. The issue is your heart. That's what God is looking for. God wants you to, to, to hash this out with your spouse between you and him and ask yourself that question, God, what percent is generous? What is it? And as you grow, that percent will change. Don't get stuck in one spot. Become more generous. Expand that lifestyle. I mean, expand your your lifestyle of giving. Don't expand your lifestyle of spending. Decide, I'm going to stop right here spending on myself. And as I continue, as God continues to lift me up, I'm going to be a bigger and a bigger blessing. Now, let me just say something. This is a little bit uncomfortable to share, but let me just be clear. As we talk about this series is not about the financial needs of Life Church. Do I, as the leader of Life Church, do I hope that you'll stick around here enough to have faith and confidence and and see the activity of God right here? And and as you decide on that percent, that you give the lion's share of that right here at Life Church. Of course, of course I hope that. But you know, here's a here's a reality. Now, I, let me be clear. I'm not confessing any sins here. I don't think any of this is true right, of Life Church. But you know that it is possible, just like, it's, just like it's entirely possible, even probable, for human beings to be greedy. Do you know it's possible for churches to be greedy? You're like, I never know. Is that, is that possible? Well, it's entirely possible. Now, I don't think that's true. I think we have measures in place to keep that from happening. But everybody here is human. I'm human. Got a board member here, Steve, some here someplace. He's pretty human. I mean, it's entirely, we, I don't think this is true. I'm not confessing, oh, life, Pastor Brian told us life church is greedy. That's not what I'm saying. But hang on with me, hang on, because I'm going here someplace with this. My point is this. If for whatever reason you haven't been here long enough or, or for whatever reason, that's your judgment of life church. Here's my only point. If you think we are, here's my point. Don't let us be your excuse to be greedy. Don't do that. You're not going to answer. You're not going to stand before God and God say, oh, phew, life church was greedy, therefore you're off the hook. You could be a greedy slob because, hey, life church was greedy. No, no, no. I think, I'm pretty sure we're going to stand before God and answer for ourselves. This whole series is about your heart, about your contentment, about you living in that spot, living a life of contentment. And if you're living in that spot, oh, now, let me be clear. I, don't, I think we're managing every dime that comes in here. We're pinching every one of them. And there's a lot bigger vision to do a lot more. So yes, I, I hope you'll give do the lion's share of it here. But you get the point. The point is, find, find. what is. Here's what is indisputable. We can't dispute you know, how well Life Church is doing. Here's what is indisputable. 
Jesus Christ is building his church on planet earth. God is building his kingdom. God is active in the earth. God is blessing people, taking care of the poor, taking care of the needs of the world. God is active in the earth and he's looking for you to participate with him. Do, do we, can we agree on that much? Can we agree on that much? All right. So find what you trust and jump in. Man, jump head first. Head first, baby. Give your heart. Give your time. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we need, we need that right here. We need people who get it, who see what God's doing right here. And then I'm not just asking for money. I'm asking for your heart and your time. We need servants. I need life group leaders. I need people who aren't going to just throw some money at something. I mean, that's the kingdom is something you build with your life. Everything you've got. You're all in. Everybody say all in. All in. And contentment financially is another facet. It's just another facet of an all-in lifestyle. Um, number four, would you, would you write this down? Debt is my way of telling God that he's behind schedule. See, God wants us to live beneath because the next one is this. God always hides his joy beneath my income. Just like every other facet of life, his joy is where you are. Actually, it's beneath where you are. He doesn't want you climbing. He wants you digging. It's beneath you. It's not above you. Now, I didn't say he's not going to lift you up. I didn't say he's not going to give you more. Let him do that. The joy is beneath you, though. Wherever you're at, wherever your income is, the joy is beneath it. The joy is, and n- number five, write this down, my plan, my plan, P-L-A-N, my plan. Now, I'm not going to fill in the rest of that blank for you. I left it there. But here's, here's the end of the series. And that question is for you. What's your plan? I'll guarantee you one thing. Nobody ends up generous by accident. It's never happened in the history world. <laughs> There's a whole bunch left over. Let's give it away. That's never happened. Not that doesn't work that way. You make a plan. You plan. You strategize. The rest of that line would be a couple things you might... I, I would, I'm going to ask you to write some things down. Here, here's a, something to write down. What are the sacrifices you are currently making to live beneath your own income level? What are they? No matter what your income level is, what are those sacrifices? You should be able to answer that right now. Bang. If you can't answer that, it's because it's not happening. And you've never really maybe asked that question. But that is one of the healthiest questions. What are those sacrifices? This requires to take some time. It might even take a budget. Again, I would encourage you, if, 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 that whole, if that whole thing, if you've got nothing to put on that line, come September, sign up for that class. Sign up, because you need a plan. Because you probably wouldn't be here if this whole thing doesn't make sense to you. And you probably wouldn't be here if you weren't thinking, you know what, I actually would like to help more. I would. Haven't we all been in that spot where we, 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 that need was glaring in our face and we really wanted to help, but there was only one problem. They didn't take visa. That was, uh, other than that, and the heart was there, but we're still a little, a little messy ourselves. Okay, this takes a plan. I, I've talked to people who are making a lot more than me who can give a whole lot less. 
because they just never made a plan. King, let's make a plan. Let's, let's do God's work. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me and I'm going to pray and we're going to wrap this series up. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you. God, you are good to us. And wherever we're at, wherever you've placed us, Father, we want to be content. We want to find the joy where you put us. God, we we ultimately want to be able to find joy on our deathbed. We want to be able to find joy everywhere you put us on this planet because you're faithful and you are bigger than our pain. You are bigger than our problems. Your grace is sufficient and wherever you put us on planet Earth, we just want to shine right there. Shine for you. Open our eyes to what that means. Give us the grace to do it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody says...